Hey, sweet friends, I am so excited to be with you. Thank you for your faithfulness in listening to the podcast. It is such a blessing for me to live life with you. We are in the middle of a four-part series on leadership development with Sherry Edwards. Many of you know Sherry, and you know that she is active in leadership in Arkansas and beyond. Sherry is a sweet friend and a faithful encourager. Recently, Sherry recorded a four-part leadership series development for our friends in Texas. We are going to jump in on those conversations and learn and glean so much from Sherry's wisdom and experiences. Today's message is on having clarity in our ministry as we regroup, reset, and refocus. Certainly, this is a very relevant topic for our time right here in 2020. So jump into today's conversation and enjoy the material. Welcome. Maybe you were in the session that we just uh, had, session one. Um, I uh, That session was on stewarding our leadership calling. I'm going to get a drink of water really fast. Um, and so just, again, welcome you to this session. My name is Sherry Edwards, and I'm really glad to be with you today. Um let me make sure I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm going to jump back over. All right. Uh, so hopefully your first session went well and you um, got some great information. Um, I'm excited to be with you today. I'm coming to you from North Little Rock, Arkansas, where I live with my husband of 32 years. And we've um, celebrated our 32nd wedding anniversary just last week. Uh, along with the birthday of our oldest son. We have three grown sons. Um, I still have a son in college, so that is a qualified statement as far as being fully grown. Uh, but we also have two precious granddaughters, and one of them just FaceTimed me in between, and uh, she wanted to see my friends. I told her I was doing a conference, um, and she said, I want to see your friends. And I said, I can't show you my friends, but... Uh, I wish I could see your faces. I wish I could sit in the room with you um, as we go through this time together. Uh, but I am grateful for technology that can bring us together, even in a time of, of uncertain days. And that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today as we move through this uh, content. Um, a little bit about me is um, I serve as a Lifeway Women Trainer. Um, I teach equipping and training for the you lead events that uh, come before living proof lives or going beyond with Priscilla Shire um, also state events like this one the Texas event and I love doing that um, I love to encourage and equip women in their roles in the in the local church I um, also teach at Washita Baptist University I'm an adjunct instructor for ministry to women there and I love that. I'm in my third year of teaching there, gearing up to start classes next week, uh, along with masks and social distancing. So um, interesting times, right? I also serve as the coordinator for our state women's conference here in Arkansas, the Inspire Women's Conference. And uh, this year we had to cancel that. It was in March and the week that everything shut down was the week of our conference. And sadly, uh, we, had to, we had to cancel that conference. Um, and so we are trying to figure out um, how ministry can look in these days as well. Um, I serve as equipping and training women uh, who serve in ministry leadership in my state. 
I also uh, serve as a co-leader to ministry to moms in my own church, which I love. And I help a friend co-lead our girls ministry. I just kind of come alongside and say, hey, yeah, you're doing a great job. Uh, so I'm connected uh, to girls and to women. And I, it's an interesting thing because I, I as a mom of boys, um, I have several friends who serve in women's ministry and we're all moms to boys. And I think that God kind of draws our hearts and meets our, fulfills those needs in our lives by connecting with other women in that way. So I think that's an interesting uh, dynamic. I do want to introduce, we have a chat host, um, Allie Shaw, and she is serving um, uh, to help me during this time as well. So I appreciate her giving her time to, to help alongside this conference. And so if you have questions or comments that you think of during this time that we are sharing together in the next 30 minutes, um, I encourage you to post those in the chat and Allie will get those moved over to me in the Q&A and we will have time to talk about those uh, at the end. We'll have time for questions and answers um, at the end of this uh, time together. So I uh, also I did want to say you do have a PDF um, that I think is in the chat as well. It'll be an outline for you to kind of follow along uh, with what we're talking about uh, today in clarity to ministry. And so as we begin, I want to pray really quickly and then we'll get started. Dear Father, I just give you this time this morning. I thank you for each person who is here in attendance. And Father, I just ask that you would encourage and strengthen and challenge each of us as we are listening to all of the things that you have put on the hearts of all of the conference speakers and session leaders. Um, I thank you for all that you are doing in our world today. And Father, we give you glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. So um, our topic today is a new topic excuse me, that the Lord has kind of brought about as a result of the, uh, where we are in our world today. And the title of this, as I was thinking through what I would want to call it, um, the Lord just kind of gave me uh, the title of uh, clarity in ministry, clarity in ministry, finding courage to regroup, refocus, and reset, because aren't we in need of some of that and I think that I was talking with a friend uh, in my state who is our women's ministry specialist. And, and of course, in 2020, the theme for our women's conference was uh, 2020, finding God, a God-sized vision for life and ministry. I think that was kind of the subtitle. And we were just laughing about it a couple of weeks ago because we were like, okay, God uh, really has something to teach us because we had all these plans for vision and focus and um, it just it's been upended everything we had planned and our vision and what we thought we would be doing in 2020 has been upended so what do we do with that and so the Lord kind of led me you know um, in this theme of clarity and courage because it it's it would be so easy for us to um, try to keep doing things in the same way, but we can't. We've been forced to think about what we're doing and how we're doing it, and, and uh, it's exposed a lot of what we've been settling for in ministry. And so as we move through this time together, um, I want to encourage you um, to uh, share in the chat anything that you've been finding helpful for you during these days. 
Um, and so uh, as we start, maybe um, I wanted to share a little pers personal illustration as I think about how we could apply this or how we could, could we begin to think about this topic. Um, and so there about 12 or 10 or 12 years ago in my life, my kids were still at home. I had high, they were in high school and in elementary school. And um, I was very busy, very active. A lot of my leadership um, and serving has, has been in the local church um, in a variety of capacities, a student ministry, women's ministry. I served as our women's ministry director um, for several years and helped start that ministry. Um, so a lot of capacities, maybe like some of you. Um, and I was doing, doing, doing. So I was at the church a lot. And um, our church is about five or 10 minutes from my house. It's not far. And so there is a regular route. Maybe you have a regular route that you drive uh, to your church if you're serving. And so the regular route that I take was I'd leave my neighborhood, I'd go down uh, the main road, and then I would turn off into another neighborhood uh, that kind of winds around, has a few little hills, goes by a lake, um, and then I go and end up at my church. And so um, there would be times where I was on the main road, I left my house, I was in the main road, and I was heading to another destination in the city, and my car would just turn right. It would just, my car and my brain would just turn right like I was going to church. Uh, maybe you've been in a situation like that. You're so used to going to that place. You're so used to doing all those things. Our cars and my, our ministries, we've been so used to this routine, to this automatic plan that has been set in motion. And this ministry that we do the same way with the same methods and the same people. And all of that has stopped abruptly. All of it has stopped abruptly. And in most of our ministries, um, it may have thrown us off course. I think in a lot of ministries, it has thrown us off course. And maybe uh, along with that, maybe you've been feeling anxious, scared, doubtful, confused, um, complacent, stuck, unsure, even angry. Um, and unmotivated. You know, a lot of the feelings that have come during these days, not just with the pandemic, but with the, the unrest that we've seen in our country and the division, um, I think that we can probably relate to a lot of these feelings. And it's important for us to kind of uh, go with God to those places where we're feeling those things because he wants to meet us there. Um, and so as we think about all of that, um, all of this uncertainty that we've had, I was prompted to think this, what if, what if this is just what God can use to get our gaze back on him, our gaze refocused on him, our desires reconnected with his heart and our ministries realigned with his purposes. Um, and I think there's a quote at the top, uh, kind of down on your handout that says, the unprecedented challenges to ministry that we have seen in 2020 could actually serve as the catalyst that provides the perfect opportunity for us as ministry leaders to adapt, to set new direction, and to cast a God-sized vision for ministry. And when I say God-sized, I, I was thinking, you know, that may not necessarily mean bigger or more complex. What if it means just the opposite? What if it means to scale back, to intensify, and to pare down? We've got to be sensitive to what God wants to do during these days. And so in this session, we'll take steps to view our ministry with fresh eyes and move forward in a more strategic and effective way. 
but it's going to take courage. Um, it's going to take courage to regroup, regroup, refocus, and to reset direction. Um, and there's a passage in scripture that is uh, over and over again that happens. I don't know how many times my pastor preached um, on it recently, and he mentioned a number of times that it appears, and I, I didn't write it down. Uh, but it's the passage that says, be strong and courageous. I will be with you wherever you go. Um, and there is a verse at the top of your page um, as we think about um, what it means to have courage. See, the Lord your God has set the land before you. This is God uh, speaking to Moses. Go up and take possession of it as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has told you. Do not be afraid or discouraged. That's in Deuteronomy 1.21. And we see that that is a command. That is not an option. It is not an option uh, for us. And I you know, have been reminded of, of those things when I'm reading scripture. When it's in a command mode, it's not optional. God is commanding it. Um, so as we think about uh, courage and clarity, clarity comes when we are willing to step away from the familiar, the expected, to gain fresh perspective. Um, I like to give a definition of the words that I'm using. And so the word clarity, I looked it up in a couple of dictionaries. Um, the definition in dictionary.com says clearness or lucidity as to perception or understanding, freedom from indistinctness or ambiguity, the state or quality of being clear or transparent to the eye. I like the version in Cambridge better. Cambridge Dictionary says clarity is the quality of being clear and easy to understand, the quality of being easy to see or hear, the ability to think clearly and not be confused. Isn't that great? Wouldn't we want some clarity? So clarity comes and we're willing to step away from the familiar, the expected, and get fresh perspective. Um, and so I think about, um, we like to do hikes. Our middle son, <clears throat> excuse me, worked out in Colorado for three summers as a whitewater rafting guide. And we went on some of the most amazing hikes in the mountains there. And um, these mountains were 14,000 feet in elevation, just the highest mountains um, around. And, um, you know, as we were doing the hikes, we would start at like elevation 10,000 or 11,000. And there's just trees around you and you're on this trail and, <clears throat> And you think, when am I ever going to get up to where I can see around? And um, I'm telling you, by the time we got to uh, the elevation that we were, which was only 12,000 feet, but once we got there, we would look 360 degrees around us. There were mountain vistas that were just stunning. And it just made me see the vastness of God. And I think that's what I have in mind is we're right now, we're on that trail. We're not really seeing clearly um, but we want to have that clarity. Um, a lot of times, too, during these days of um, isolation, um, it made me think about another season in my life where I'd gone through a time of isolation. Maybe you've gone through a time of isolation, um, and we don't like being in these times. I, I blogged about it a little bit, and I wanted to just share a little bit about what God impressed upon me during that time. Um, at first, we don't like to be in, I call it the place of something else. Uh, we don't like to be in that place um, because it's not familiar. It usually involves a lot of being alone, isolated, apart from what has been our normal routine 
um, both relationally and spiritually. I think we can all identify with that. Um, this is especially foreign for those of us who thrive on people, relationships, and leading. It is so opposite of our wiring that we, we fight it. We fight, and I think we've probably all experienced the tension of where we've been in these days. Um, it disrupts our identity. Haven't we all had our identity disrupted this year? Um, and so, but what God does with those times is he takes us to a place where he can teach us only the things that we can learn in that place of isolation. And so uh, let's look at some examples from scripture to get us some uh, perspective on where and how to find courage and clarity in ministry. And so in your handout, um, the first point is, let me find my handout really quick. I've got all my pages here. The first point is it will take courage and we must find the courage to regroup, to regroup our ministries, to regroup our efforts, our teams, our people, our ideas, priorities, and oftentimes uh, regrouping comes in the form of a reroute. So when I read a passage from scripture, as I was thinking about rerouting. Um, and I was reminded when I, I read the Bible through for the first time last year, and it was, it was life-changing. That's something I encourage you to do if you have not done that yet. But in Exodus 3, um, verse 17, we see that the, uh, the Israelites have just left Egypt. They have just left Egypt. Moses is their leader. And, um, we see that in verse 17, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them along the road to the land of the Philistines, even though it was nearby. For God said, the people will change their minds and return to Egypt if they face war. So he led the people around toward the Red Sea along the road of the wilderness and, and the Israelites of the land of Egypt left the land of Egypt in battle formation. Um, they set out, and it says the Lord went ahead, ahead of them in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And I don't have, like, I was going to make a copy of the map, but if you look at your map, I'm just going to open mine up really quick because I, I really do like to get a visual. So here's the way the normal road would have gone, like, straight along the road of the Philistines. But God knew they would encounter um, battles there. And so he was looking out for his people and he didn't want them to turn back. And so he takes them this, um, this really long road, which we know they spent 40 years in the wilderness, but I thought it was interesting. Instead of taking them the normal route, uh, God took them a different route. And so the point of that is, um, God takes us on a reroute sometimes and so when you think about restructuring, what does that mean to us today? Uh, thinking through restructuring, reorganizing um, different ways, thinking of ministry in different ways, just like God did with the Israelites. He rerouted them. And I think we've pretty much been rerouted. All of our plans for 2020 have been upended and rerouted. And so secondly, we want to find courage to refocus our vision. And so we're going to move to the New Testament now in the book of Acts. And so we're going to read about Paul in Acts 9. Um, I'm going to read a, just a little bit of this passage. This is where uh, Paul, Saul, before he uh, 
had his conversion, Saul was still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. So he goes to the high priest and he asks for permission to go arrest people in Damascus, uh, anyone who's following the way, which is uh, the, the way of Christ. Um, and he wants to persecute. Uh, they had just um, uh, stoned Stephen earlier in the chapter before, which we'll read that too. But Saul sets out on the road. We know the story of Saul. The Lord blinds him, uh, comes to him on the road, and it Saul and asked Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul says, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Get up and go into the city. So we know that Saul goes into the city and uh, is there for three days. Get up. Um, and then Ananias, uh, the Lord speaks to Ananias and comes. Uh, he tells Ananias to go meet Saul. And Ananias is like, I don't want to go talk to that guy. He is trouble, you know, uh, but Ananias obeys um, because God tells him, this man is my chosen instrument. Um, and so Ananias goes and he enters the house and he says, brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road you were traveling has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So the scales fall off and he regains his sight. And he got up and was baptized and he spent some time there in Damascus with the disciples. And then he gets up and the next verse says he immediately begins preaching Jesus. So what, are, what can that tell us? We see Paul, actually Saul, he was very zealous and motivated in his ministry. His focus had been on persecuting Christians, on the law, on following religion. And none of us are persecuting Christians, I hope, or following um, religion, but we can get into that trap of just our religious mindset. His markers for ministry had been motivated by what he thought were godly pursuits and justified his actions and his focus. But we see as he is on his way to carry out uh, his idea of ministry, God blinds him. God gets his attention and refocuses his attention um, his vision on Jesus. And so the markers of his ministry changed. His sight is restored, and we see now that his motivation comes from somewhere else. Well, what is it that changed? We see that he becomes filled with the Holy Spirit. He becomes a follower of Christ. And so I want to ask us, where is our focus? Where has it been? Is it on Jesus, or has it been on the planning and the doing of the ministry? Is it on our own agendas? And what we think we need to measure our ministry by, or is it on God's agenda? Where is God moving? Is he moving? So those are just some questions that I want to encourage you to think through. Um, finding courage, uh, we also want to find courage to reset our direction. Um, and if we back up just uh, a chapter before, um, and the point of this, I don't, I don't think I read the point of the first one, but you can read it. But re, uh, refocusing our vision, the Holy Spirit is the key to restoring our vision and transforming our ministry. As leaders, we must continually ask ourselves, what is my motivation for ministry? That's the point we just talked about. Uh, and then thirdly, finding courage to reset our direction. We can mistakenly think that we as the leaders have to create the ministry. But guess what? The ministry plan is already there. We just have to follow it. God has already positioned the people where he intends the ministry to happen. And uh, 
I wanted to read a little bit from Acts 8. Uh, so previous to Paul's conversion in Acts 9, we see another key element of the spread of the gospel. And we see in chapter, uh, chapter 1 of verse 8, Stephen has just been stoned previous to this chapter. Um, Saul agreed to putting Stephen to death. On that day, a severe persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout the land of Judea and Samaria. And jump down to verse 4. So those who were scattered went on their way preaching the word. And I began to think about that. We see the early church is scattered. God had already positioned the people where he intended the ministry to happen before Paul was converted. I thought that just that was fascinating to me. Um, the people were already in place. They had been scattered because of persecution. And there are several other places in scripture where it talks about the, the believers being scattered. Um, and so uh, these are the people where Paul would begin his ministry. He would take his missionary journeys. He would write the letters that we read, the epistles that are in the New Testament um, to the churches to carry out God's agenda and his plan for the gospel. This is fascinating to me because it illustrates to me how we can get it backwards. We think that we are the ones who have to create ministry, that we are the ones charged with coming up with the ministry plan but we have it all wrong. The ministry plan is already there. We just have to follow it. Uh, we see in the letters in the New Testament, we, as, I, as I shared, the ministry going out and being multiplied by the people who had been scattered. Um, and so I'd like to think that COVID-19 can be the catalyst to harness prime potential for ministry intentionally going out in ways that we've never seen before. And so as we think about next steps and practical um, how-tos, I've got some uh, notes there again that says, how do we regroup, refocus, and reset? So as we think about regrouping, uh, we want to assess and evaluate and leverage. Uh, we want to assess where we are and what we've been doing. We want to get a broader perspective. Um, our perception is not the reality. As we're thinking about ministry, um, as we think about the community that we serve in, the church that we serve in, we can think that we're ministering to people, but we're not. We're actually missing some people. So here are the people that we're missing in our ministries. Um, as we think about evaluate and we want to uh, refocusing, uh, we want to evaluate. And I was thinking of uh, an illustration that we hope probably all can relate to unless you're, you have perfect vision, which I don't. I have terrible vision. Um, we all have to go to the eye doctor, and I, I don't like going to the eye doc doctor because it reminds me just how bad my sight is, and I get stressed out at all the little tests you have to do to evaluate your vision. Um, there have been a couple times recently, though, that he says, your vision is actually better in this eye, and I'm like, yay for that. Um, but you know the test where you have to look at the vertical and the horizontal lines and you have to talk, say which one is bolder, which one, uh, which one is bolder, which one is brighter. Um, that stresses me out, like I said. But the doctor does that to evaluate uh, the right lens that will correct our vision. And so that's what we want to do in our ministries. We want to evaluate the results 
What are we seeing happen in the women that we are ministering to or in the ministries where we're serving? Are our women um, self-feeding? Are they reading the Bible for themselves or are they still needing to be spoon fed? That's a, that's a marker uh, for spiritual fruit. Um, we want to look at their lives and see if they are bringing other people along with them um, into community, into relationship. And then as we think about reset, uh, we want to leverage. We want to leverage the opportunities and the tools before us in order to lead with more effective strategies. And I'm telling you, I've learned so many tools in the last several months. Um, and maybe you have too. You probably know more than I do. And just how to leverage these opportunities that God is giving us in 2020 to lead with more effective strategies. And so what does it mean? What does that look like? Well, I think we have to always remember it depends on your ministry, on your team, on your church, your community, and your demographic, especially in these uncertain days. I'm telling you, we just we had another rise in our cases, and I don't know if that's from more tests or what. We don't know, that, but God knows. That's the thing. We do not know. We just have to keep following and keep pressing into what he has us to do in this time. And so how, how we can do that, what are some practical ways to do that? As we regroup, we want to hear from our people. Um, you want to hear from your people. Who are your people? What are your people? What people are missing from the people that you're ministering to? What people are you seeing that you haven't seen before? Is your team equipped or do you need to grow your team to include potential new ministry? Do you have somebody to oversee your social media or your Facebook groups? Um, that's a way uh, to engage in online uh, Bible studies, small groups, um, creating that hybrid model, making opportunities for women to connect. Um, and then how, to, how can we refocus? What are some practical ways? We want to identify our people and plan effective strategies to minister to them. What you know, we can ask the question, what remains when everything is stripped away? I think this uh, time in 2020 has exposed a lot of what was really not necessary in our ministries, because right now we are really having to do what is necessary to keep our people connected. Uh, do your women have solid theology? Are they grounded or are they floundering? Do they need basics, prayer, physical needs? community. There's lots of ways to reach these women. And then as we reset, we want to set clear direction and be decisive about steps to move forward. Um, establish a timeline, you know, get a plan uh, from God. We talked about that in another session. Clear goals, get, establish a timeline, set clear goals and practical strategies to carry out new ways to minister um, I've got a mom's ministry that I said uh, I shared about. Typically, that ministry has been a weekly ministry during the day where we minister to stay-at-home moms. Well, we cannot meet in person. We can't have child care. Um, and so uh, what we are doing to think about the fall is we are going to have um, a large event where we can't, I mean, not a large event, but an event where we can spread out and uh, use social distancing. Um, it's going to be at night. We're going to try to have these once a month um, for our moms to be able to connect. We want to provide that opportunity. What this will do is it, it expands our ministry to working moms, which I've had a heart to do, but just had not been able to do that. So I'm looking at that as an opportunity. And so begin to think about ways um, of that. Um, 
And so as we wrap up, uh, there's a little acronym at the bottom and um, it's D-A-R-E. We've got to dare. We've got to dare to step out and to move forward. And remember I told you there was a route that I took to church. Um, oh, I think I'm at my time. I started my uh, talk. I started my clock after the time. So I'll wrap up. But we want to dare. Uh, we want to have a more direct approach. We want to have a less generalized, more targeted aim. Uh, we want to be aware we want to be aware of the people that we're trying to reach and how to effectively minister. We want to be ready to adapt ministry to meet the needs of the people. And we want to engage continually and consistently um, because things are ever shifting. Instead of waiting for people to come to our ministries, to our church, we need to take intentional steps to engage the people. We see when we read our scripture uh, the stories that we've talked about, these uh, believers had courage to step out. And I like to think about um, the disciples. Um, when Jesus had spent three years of his life with them, uh, what if they had not done what he charged them with? You know, I think about that. What if they had not done? Um, I think their response to carrying on the ministry was a pivotal point that set the course for the growth of the early church so I think we are at that time in our world today. So I'm done with my time. I tried to move through that pretty fast. Um, I do have a question here. Um, do you know of any tips, books, or other resources to help a leader during the restructuring process to think through the various aspects of things that may need to be restructured? That is a great question. I do know of a couple. Um, I think... Um, some of the questions, you know, I like to think about um, just, I had some diagnostic questions that are basic, like what fruit am I seeing? What fruit, what spiritual fruit are we seeing in the lives of our women? Um, are they learning how to dig into God's word for themselves? Um, or are they still needing to be fed? You know, I know some of the women in my own church, um, we have not been having Bible study because it's been video driven. And so we've not, we've lost that community for that. I'm hoping to regroup and, and get that restarted as I help our women's ministry director think of some new ways. Um, I really, I love this new book by Kelly King. Kelly King is the Lifeway Women's Ministry Specialist. Um, and the, the name of her book is called Ministry to Women, The Essential Guide for Leading Women in the Local Church. Um, and what I like about this, it's a practical book that is an overarching book about, you know, planning and, and strategizing ministry, but it, it also has questions that you can work through um, and answer in your own ministry and in your own life. And I like to process and internalize for myself and where God has me, what God is doing. Um, another book that I don't have a copy of, but I have uh, seen and I've read portions of it is a book, um, I think it's called Rethinking Women's Ministry. It's by Cindy Ownby, and she is a moderator of the Facebook page, Women's Ministry Toolbox. That is a very helpful page. If you go to that page um, in Facebook and follow it, there's a lot of um, very helpful tabs. She's got everything quite organized by tabs. Um, and if you go to lifewaywomen.com, there are articles, there are some great um, suggestions on how P 
people are navigating this time. Um, it is, we're all still learning. Um, so as far as resources, those are just a few. Um, this may overlap. Do you have any recommendations for how to assess spiritual needs of women if you aren't especially gifted at that? Um, you know, that is a great question, too. We've been developing a resource in, for our state convention. For our, We have some network leaders uh, for ministry women's leaders uh, in my state, and we've been actually uh, coming up with a tool. Um, I think that we just look at, as I said, the spiritual fruit, the biblical fruit. Do we Are we seeing our women grow deeper in God's word and in talking about what God is doing? I think looking at our conversations, um, is everything still surface? Or, you know, are we just basically staying on the Sunday school, you know, what I call the Sunday school answers, or are we going deeper? Are we really getting into those discipleship, discipling relationships? Um, I think a great place to start for that is uh, there's a book by Candy Gallaty called Disciple Her. Uh, that's a great place to start. There's another one um, by, um, it's called Flourish. It's a mentoring journey. And I think those are indicators that can give us an idea of where our women are. I know that that probably didn't help at all. Um, let's see. Do you have any? Oh, I think I already answered that. I guess I need to look at my book. So are we done at 11? Yeah, we're done at 1130. So we still have some more time. Um, Let's see. I think I, I do have some more points in my thing that I didn't really get to because I, I thought I was thought I was over. <laughs> but um, I just working through that dare approach. Um, there was a point that I was going to make about that. You know, I told you I had a, a route that I took to church that was kind of the meandering route. In the last couple of years, this is really kind of strange, but I've started taking, like, I get on the main road, there's another main road, and then I turn onto the third main road. So I take the main roads to get to church. It's about the same time. It's not faster or anything, but it's more direct. And I think that this is how we're going to have to start thinking about our ministries, is we've been doing a lot of things because we like all the things, all the events, or all the you know, the extra things that we do, and, and it depends on your setting and your church, what those are, but we really are having to go back to direct. How are we directly um, reaching our women? And that goes back to the dare that I had in front of us. Um, we have to go to the people instead of waiting for the people to come to us. So what is going to help us carry out a more targeted uh, ministry to our people? And then being aware of the people, um, ready to adapt. As I said, um, there's a lot of tools out there. Um, let's see. Do you have suggestions on training new small group Bible study leaders as we move away from a room filled with 50 women to more small eight to 10 women study groups? That is a great question. Um, and off the top of my head, I don't. I can't think of one. I could probably get that to you. Um, I do know that, um, trying to think, uh, where did I read something recently on that? Um, I'm reaching over. Here's a book that I do love. This is called Word-Filled Women's Ministry. Um, it does talk about um, how to train your leaders. Uh, there is a section on that. So I love this book. It's a biblical foundation 
for um, ministry in the local church. Um, and so I think that um, understanding where your women are spiritually, I think that a Bible study leader, a small group leader, oftentimes we call them facilitators, but um, I do think um, th this woman needs to have a, a solid spiritual foundation, a solid biblical foundation. So if she is leading other women, she needs to kind of have that, that um, aspect of being biblically uh, strong and um, ready to help women find um, help through God's word. Now, they don't have to be like ultra qualified. That, that can turn people off. But you're right. In this time of everything being smaller, um, I think just conversations um, are centered around the scriptures and what God's doing. Um, I was just now reminded of Jen Wilkins' um, model for reading scripture and for studying scripture together. And I think if you go to um, her um, church's website, which is Flower Mound, I mean, uh, Village Church, I think there are some tips there. I know she has uh, kind of a, a basic format for studying scripture. Um, the resource I mentioned earlier, which is Women's Ministry Toolbox, uh, there is a method for leading small groups um, that she has posted there. Um, so that's just a, a resource that I can think of off the top of my head. I think that's all that I have. Let's see. Oh, now I think we still have some time. I don't know. Are we done? Or we still have more questions. Um, let's see if there's any. Oh, a lot of what I'm hearing too when we uh, talk within our Lifeway Women Trainer meetings, we're seeing a lot of women kind of actually having, you know, how to plan ministry in these coming days. Um, many women are doing a hybrid model. They're, they're going ahead and planning because y'all, it is uncertain. It is uncertain. We just don't know what's coming, but we still need to kind of have a plan. Um, so I think just having a hybrid model, creating um, ministry that is uh, physical in, uh, you know, I don't know where you guys are with your physical meeting together, um, but providing opportunities for that. But in addition, providing a way for an online format to happen as well. And um, even if you can't be there in person, maybe think about uh, creating a Zoom link for your small group so those that can take part um, online if they can't come physically, just thinking in creative ways. Um, it's going to take some courage, though. We've got to stop um, just assuming that ministry will happen as it has always happened because God is showing us he's doing a new thing. And so I think it's an opportunity to see uh, us be able to reach people with the gospel because that is what it's all about with the great commission, with the hope um, and the joy and the eternal life of Jesus Christ. And how are we reaching those women as well? Staying connected. Thanks for listening. I hope today's episode helps you embrace the full free abundant life that God provides. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe to Inspire on the Go. If you would like more encouragement to help you grow in your faith, visit my website at andrealennonministry.org. Come back next time and enjoy another episode of Inspire on the Go.